Hi guys, welcome to episode number 27 of Radio 815, the podcast dedicated to examining the work of Ready Director J.J. Abrams. I'm your host, my name is Marcelo Inestroza, joined as always by my fellow co-host Matt Crandall. And on today's episode, we'll be looking at the TV show that made J.J. Abrams into a household name. We'll be discussing the pilot of Lost, parts one and two. So with that being said, Matt, what were your first initial impressions of the pilot of Lost the first time you saw it? Well, I remember when this show came out, you know, I watched and I'm going to, you know, try and make this as brief as possible. But I did watch the first like five episodes live and I was like, this show is amazing. Um and then this was right around when like DVRs were like just coming out or certainly were becoming more accessible. And I didn't have one at the time. Um, so like I taped a bunch of episodes off of TV onto VHS tapes and uh, a few episodes didn't tape right. So then at about like episode five, I had to stop because I had missed four episodes and it wasn't as easy as it is now to like track down the episodes you missed. Um, and lost was one of those series that like literally the day that it season one came on DVD, uh, which was a year later, almost it was September of 2005. Um, but it was before the season two premiere. I literally ran out, bought it and I watched season one like three times. <laughs> In a row, um, because I watched all, you know, 25 episodes um, because I was hooked by the pilot. But then because my stupid VHS didn't tape the things, I could never finish it. So I avoided like all of the the Internet chatter during season one. Um, but then when I got the DVDs, I literally I watched them all like over the course of like two days. I watched all 25 episodes and then I was like, this is incredible. And so then I like called a friend and I'm like, you got to come over. We got to watch Lost. So then watch the season again. And then I was, I said to my family, like, you can't not watch this show. So then I watched season one with them in like four sittings again. Um, so I was hooked right away, even though I, you know, because of technology, wasn't able to keep up with it every Wednesday night as season one aired. But then that changed with when season two was coming out, you know, I, that was finally when my family got a DVR and all that kind of stuff. And it was much easier to record shows and actually stay up to date. Um, but I remember that, you know, because I was a fan of Felicity and alias when they were advertising this as from JJ Abrams, I was one of those people who did know and was like, I got to watch this because of JJ Abrams. And you know, the cast had a lot of familiar faces. Um, obviously, I love Lord of the Rings. So the fact that Dominic Monaghan was on it was a reason to watch. And one of the, the shows I watched growing up was Party of Five. So even though you don't think like Matthew Fox would be a draw, I was like, oh, well, I'll check this out as well because Matthew Fox is on it and see how it goes. And then I love the pilot. Um I do think that it works better as the two parts together because we only really get 
to spend a lot of quality time with Jack and a little bit with Kate, but everybody else sort of gets like their introduction, but we don't really get a sense of their character. By the end of part two, though, we know a lot more about our core cast. So I feel that, you know, to really bait the hook and get you, you know, committed to the show, you need to watch both of those parts to decide if this is a show for you or not. When you first saw Lost, what did you think? I committed the cardinal sin that you should never do when you start a show. Uh, Let me be completely honest here. The thing that brought me to Lost um, was J.J. Abrams, but the only reason that I started watching Lost is because a gentleman who uh, was the father of a friend of mine who was taking his son to physical therapy. Back then, I was still in physical therapy. I was still in high school, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn it, I feel old. Um, yeah, come on, just think about it. But for some reason, I connected with him because he liked comic books, I like comic book movies, et cetera, et cetera. And I said to him one day, um, I'm watching this new show from J.J. Abrams and these other guys that I can't remember their names right now, which right now seems ridiculously funny that I can't remember their names, but I'm watching this other show and it's, it is, and it's about this sort of X-Files team and they investigate weird shit all over the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And that fr- and that show happened to be, uh, happened to be Fringe. He told me that he had just started watching these, this show about all these people that take an uh, airplane flight from Sydney, Australia to Los Angeles and basically, they never get back. They never get back to Los Angeles. They are marooned on this island where some crazy shit goes down. That's all he ever told me. Mm-hmm. And years later, I I had forgotten about it, and uh, I can distinctly remember coming back from therapy one evening and hearing a and hearing a radio commercial for the season six premiere of Lost that it, that it was going to be three and a half hours. And, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking to myself, three and a half hours, who the hell wants to sit down and watch a TV show for three and a half hours or two and a half hours or whatever the hell it was? And I was like, I'm never going to watch this show because I could never sit still. <laughs> yeah. You know? So back then, I I had I still had it in my head that I was going to be a journalist, a sports journalist. I, I hadn't made the switch yet. The day of the Lost Finale, I, I said to myself, I have to figure, I have to know what this show is all about. So, you know, to, to make a already long story longer, I basically watched the last episode of Lost first, right? Yeah. Which is something you should never do, especially with Lost, because I was, I was frustrated, I was lost, and I was so pissed off that I went on the internet and I made a video... It's the worst video I've ever made, and it's the video that I'm most ashamed of on the planet because I basically crucify everybody involved with Lost. I, I blamed everything on JJ. I didn't. I, I I didn't blame anything on Damon or or, or Carlton or anybody. It was just so bad. I, I feel so ashamed of calling myself a Lost fan because I did that, and um. For some reason, I still had that video. Uh, years later, I decided to do it right, and I decided to start watching Lost from the beginning via Netflix uh, by actually ordering the DVDs, because back then, before streaming, you had to order the DVDs. I remember one evening 
when I got one of my DVDs and I was watching an episode. I can't remember which episode it was, but my grandfather came in and he said, what show is that? And I go, it's Lost. It's it's this show about a bunch of people who get on a plane and they get and they get shipwrecked on this island. And he goes, oh, that sounds cool. Let me let me uh, let me get your grandmother and we'll and we'll actually sit and watch it together. That's why Lost is a real touchstone show for me because Lost gave me a deeper connection with the people who raised me. It became a family uh, a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will never forget some of, uh, some of those moments of us watching Lost and being shocked and being appalled, especially when somebody dies. But um, just to be clear, guys, if you haven't seen Lost before, we're going to spoil the shit out of the show. So this is not the right place for you to be if you haven't seen The Lost. If you've seen Lost before, uh, come along with us as we go through the show here. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Lost and you are listening to this, uh, watch it along with us. So, you know, hit pause, go watch pilot part one and part two and come back and next week watch the next three and come back because this is going to be fun. And I think part of the fun is telling those personal recollections of where you were when you watched the show and how you came to it. And, you know, it is, like I said before, I was waiting and counting down days to the DVD release because I had missed episodes and that was the only way to catch up. Now, you know, if any of our listeners are in Canada, Lost is on Amazon Prime. It is coming to Disney Plus at the end of April in Canada. So there are two different places you can watch it um, if you have either of those streamers. So I'm not sure, Marcelo, maybe you know where it's streaming in the U.S. Yeah, if you guys are listening to us anywhere in the U.S., uh, you can watch it on Hulu right now. Okay, so it is out there and it is easy to find. So if you haven't seen it, track it down. And I remember watching the pilot and one of the main things, obviously because I was such a fan of Felicity and Alias, you know, I already knew JJ could bait the hook with like the mystery stuff. But one of the things that set Lost apart from your average TV show was how amazing the pilot looked. The as soon as we start in that forest and it's such lush greens and Jack wakes up disoriented, the awesome iconic shot of his eye opening and the iris dilating. Um, When he wakes up and you're like, okay, guy in the jungle, like this is not the show they were advertising yet. They were advertising like a plane crash. And as that first three minutes unfolds where Jack is confused and doesn't know what's going on. And he makes his way to the beautiful beach that looks amazing. The colors, especially on like the Blu-rays or the high def version of this uh, are stunning and everything looks normal. And then slowly he starts to hear the noise. It starts to get louder, the screaming, the whir of the engine. And as he crosses further into the beach and it just becomes, you know, the TV equivalent of the opening of Saving Private Ryan, where like all of a sudden it's chaos and the plane is on fire and everybody's hurt and screaming. And we just see flashes of the characters that we're going to get to know as the show goes on. You know, Shannon standing there crying. 
um, Locke helping them remove debris off of a guy's leg and everybody just being chaotic, confused. We get our first Walt uh, as Michael comes running by. And I just remember being like, wow, like this is insane. This is the production value was so high. And then a dude gets sucked into the engine and it explodes. And it's like, this is, you know, and it wasn't like Smallville level of special effects. It was like ABC spent bank on this thing. Um, And it was impressive because it felt cinematic like a movie. And some of the shots during that opening, like where Jack goes to, to take a rest real quick and he's leaning against the fuselage of the plane and there's a dead body's hand dangling above his head as Boone brings him a selection of different pens after that great, like find a pen moment just to get Boone out of the way so he can work on Rose and bring her back to life. Um, and so like lots of those moments in just the quality of, of the production, you know, grabbed you right away. The Giacchino score throughout this pilot sets the tone for the work that he would do for most of the series. And, you know, it's some of the best work of his career. But just the way that the camera moves, the special effects, and the colors were just so so vibrant, which, you know, so much of TV, sometimes they dulled down the colors so that they disguise stuff so that the special effects blend better or whatever. But Lost was never afraid of that. Um, and not to go on like a long personal tangent, but the show was the DOP, the cinematographer was Larry Fong, um, who's one of my favorites who he basically lost was his big claim to fame. He had done smaller stuff, but he went to film school with, and his buddies with Zack Snyder. So he shot 300 Watchmen, BVS. Um, he did super eight with JJ like him. He's really been coming up. And, um, I met him at TIFF at the premiere of the predator. And, uh, I got him to autograph my 300 Blu-ray. And I was like, dude, like, I love your, your work. Like, I just remember watching the pilot of lost and being like, this looks so much like a movie. And he said, Oh man, that shoot was insane. He's like, it was so tiring. He said, but working with JJ is such a joy. He said, like, it was just, it takes him back. And I was, and you know, I got a photo and an autograph. He's like, Oh, like nobody ever wants my autograph. Like they usually don't care. I was like, but you're Larry Fong. Like the guy who's done, like start listening off his movies. He's like, okay, I get it. You're a fan. And, uh, this was before the predator had premiered. And I was like, how is it working a predator? He's like, you know, I just wanted to do a predator movie. He's like, it was fun. He's like, I haven't seen it yet. And of course the movie ended up being shit. And, uh, then we talked a bit about how he didn't work with Zack Snyder on justice league. Cause he wanted to do Kong skull Island. And, uh, just, you know, and whether him and JJ would ever work again, like he just said, you know, him and JJ have a great relationship. So who knows what's in the pipeline, but, um, you know, the, the look of lost compared to other shows was so distinct. Part of it is the tropical Island stuff, but you know, you could tune into survivor if you just want to see tropical Island on TV, but the way that they filmed it felt so cinematic. Um, and even small shots like the tight close up of Kate where she counts to five in the rain. Um, incredible acting from Evangeline, but also just the framing and the color of, of everything in this pilot. So good. You mentioned that shot of Evangeline Lily, uh, when she's running in the rain and uh, Charlie's with her and Jack gets lost for a couple of seconds. That shot to me has a personal tinge to it because, um, 
I, be- I believe I mentioned it on this podcast before, but my mom uh, passed away. And um, every time that I think of my mom, when I say my mom, I, I mean my grandmother, she raised me, uh, you know, lost, you know, ultimately comes into my mind. And I can remember coming back from the hospital and my grandfather just left me in the house and he went to go get McDonald's or something. Mm-hmm. And as I was trying to process what the hell just happened, because my my mom had had a stroke, I can distinctly remember me counting in my head silently to five and saying to myself, you can panic right now, but you're only going to give yourself five seconds of panic. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's little moments like that. For me, one of, one of the best scenes in the pilot is uh, the uh, the first time that Jack and Kate meet, where where Jack is trying to sew up that wound yeah. on the side of his body. And he, and he asks Kate, Listen, have you ever patched together a pair of jeans or have you ever, you know, <laughs> yeah. made the drape? You know, I, I think she says... I she made, made the, dra- the drapes in her apartment. Yeah. But that um, the direction in that scene in particular to me is just stunning. I mean, the, the, the shot selection that J.J. chose between Matt and Evangeline was just great. I just loved it so freaking much. Mm-hmm. Also, an interesting thing about this pilot is it was edited by uh, Mary Jo Markey, um, which is interesting because she usually works with Marianne Brennan, but Marianne Brennan uh, never uh, came on to Lost. Uh, from what I understand, Mary Jo Markey stayed on the show for four seasons. And I think part of that was that Lost started up while Alias was on and Marianne Brennan was one of the key editors of Alias. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it started while she was busy, already working on a different JJ show. Um, and they, you know, were happy with the job that they were getting on Lost, so they weren't going to change horses midstream, you know. And I think that's that's part of it. Because even uh, if you listen to, like, the audio commentary on these first episodes, you know, they talk about when Damon came in and was kind of developing ideas. He was just in an office at the alias offices trying to figure it out. Right. So like it, these two shows were still concurrent um, for at least a while. The story behind how Damon got involved with lost in the first place is remarkable because the head of ABC at that time went away on vacation uh, with his family to Hawaii. And he, for some reason, he thought it was a good idea to, to to make a drama series about a bunch of people who get lost on an island, who get lost on an island, basically Gilligan's Island, but a drama, right? Mm-hmm. So he went to Jeffrey Lieber, who actually did the original outline for Lost. From all the interviews that Jeffrey has given on Lost, he said that he wrote the treatment, he gave it to the executives, and, and they really didn't... It's not that they didn't like it but they wanted a name they wanted somebody big on the project they they didn't mm. think that they could they, they didn't think they could sell the show with Jeffrey Lieber so at that point they went and offered it to JJ he initially said no because he was working on something else yeah but eventually after a while he said yes but he said listen if i'm going to do this i need somebody because i can't do this by myself to to which um, one of the executives at ABC called uh, Eric 
I think his name is no, his his, his name is uh, Tim Kripke from um, from Crossing Jordan, right? Yeah, Eric Kripke. Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Um, and <laughs> from cro- Crossing Jordan at the time, now yeah. you know Supernatural and the boys are kind of his uh, claim to fame. So Damon apparently, by various interviews. He said that he uh, was a big fan of Alias. So he was actually nervous when he went to go and meet with JJ about this project. So he actually, before he left his house, he had a Star Wars shirt hanging in his closet. So he put that on and he went into the interview. And as he was waiting for JJ to come out of his office at Alias, he was sweating bullets. When JJ came out, the first thing he said to him was he noticed his T-shirt and he goes, Star Wars. Yeah, Is it, that's awesome. You're you're awesome. So from moment one, they knew that they were going to get. They knew that they were going to get to get. They knew that they were going to get along and they were going to work well together. So you know, they they eventually went into the room and they basically made the giant conceit of what Lost was going to be. My favorite quote from that meeting is that you know Damon pitched a whole lot of crap. In that first meeting. But the one thing that JJ pitched was eventually I want one of these characters to find a hatch on the island, right? Mm. And Damon goes, okay, what's in the hatch once he opens it? And JJ goes, I don't know. I just find the quote unquote history behind the making of Lost fascinating. To to me, the 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 behind the scenes stuff is more fascinating than the show, which is which is criminal. And I just double checked, and it was yeah, it was Tim Kring. Thank you, who worked at Crossing Jordan, who is the guy who did Heroes, which basically was like the closest thing to a superhero ripoff of Lost that you could get. <laughs> like the way it was structured um, was so similar to to the Lost sort of ethos, and of course. Greg Grunberg appeared in both, um, which which was nice to see Grunberg show up in the pilot of Lost as the the pilot, mm-hmm. as the pilot in the pilot. Um, good old rabbit's foot, Greg Grunberg. And uh, he gets off pretty quick. And I, I did like that whole sequence because it's tense, very reminiscent of a sequence from Jurassic Park 3, to be honest, which mm-hmm. came out a couple years before this. And I'm sure that, you know, they didn't. They weren't consciously thinking of Joe Johnston's Jurassic Park three, but being such a diehard Jurassic guy, um, it's tough to watch any of that stuff. Especially like the big moment where Grunberg gets. We still don't know how he got killed at that point. Um, is very much like Jurassic Park three, <laughs> like straight out of it. Um, but I did love that. You know, f- in this pilot, they set up some of the bones of what Loss would become, but not all. So we get the mystery of what is this mysterious sound in the jungle what is this thing that seems gargantuan gigantic that that sounds like it could be a dinosaur but also sounds mechanic and also sounds you know like this weird whirring um so they lay that mystery groundwork then in the second half of the pilot where they find the recording and we don't know at this point who said it and they calculate that it's been running for 16 years, um, lays some more of the mystery. And of course the polar bear, um, all of those things in conjunction with one another, get Charlie to say, guys, where are we? 
And we get a taste of the flashbacks in this two episodes, but these flashbacks are only to the plane, like, and, and stuff involving the trip to the island. So at this point, you can't tell if the flashbacks are going to be a, a part of the show that they just used to show how everyone got onto the plane or events that happened during the crash. Or as we, you know, by the end of the season, realize the flashbacks are much more about character journeys, their entire life and giving us deeper insight into the people that they are, not just how they got on the island, which is the thing that sets lost apart in these early seasons is the flashbacks. Um, so much of it ties into the present, but we get a really good sense of every character in their respective flashback episodes. Um, so characters that initially, you know, one of my favorite characters on Lost of all time is Josh Holloway playing Sawyer. Now, in this first two episodes, Sawyer is a xenophobic racist who accuses Saeed of being the prisoner just because of, you know, his race and he's profiling and like, he's awful. You just hate him. Um, but by the end of season one, where we get to know more about him through the flashbacks, through him growing through his witty, witty call outs and stuff. Um, it's so much more layered. And I don't know that there was a show that would devote episodes to even characters that at first don't feel like main characters eventually get flashbacks and episodes that add so much depth to the bench of characters that even somebody that you don't like early on can become one of your favorites by the end of the season. For me, the the one thing that the flashbacks did for me is that the flashbacks put into perspective what these people were struggling with on the island, right? Mm -hmm. we, the flashbacks allowed us to get inside of their psyche uh, much more than, than we would have gotten if they would have just been on the island brooding for God's sakes. The interesting thing about about Sawyer and Locke, if I if I could just steer us in a little bit different direction, they don't they don't actually speak for ninety minutes, right? Right. the The first ninety minutes of the pilot goes by and they don't say a word. You have uh, Agent Kendall sitting on the beach. Terry O'Quinn doesn't say anything, but he gets that creepy. Creepy Marlon Brando with the orange peel from the Godfather moment where, um, you know, Kate has to solemnly take those shoes off of a dead body, which is like another bring you back to earth, ground you in the situation moment. And she looks up and there's friggin' John Locke with his newly minted scar over his eye and uh, just flashes her a orange peel smile and then moves on. And it's like, who is this guy? Yeah, the first time actually we hear him actually talk is when he uh, sits down and he talks to Walt about about the history of uh, what is that game backgammon that he was playing? Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it was. And and the way that he says it is so creepy and so unsettling. The last thing he says uh, before they go on to the next scene, he goes, "Walt, can I tell you a secret?" And I was wondering to myself as I was watching this today, after he says, "Walt, can I?" tell you a secret i was wondering did he actually tell walt that he that he actually couldn't walk or or did he just do that to like to like 
entice the kid? Do you actually think that he told him that he couldn't walk bef- before the crash? I believe that they do reveal what he says, I think. Not okay. not in this episode, but I mean like later. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, we're remember. supposed to wonder like, what is the secret that he's sort of unleash but he i i think he tells him something like a miracle happened on this uh, and he tells him that like you know he was paralyzed before but i i do love that that was a nice moment and again like characters that in that first hour don't do anything finally get a chance to show up because that first hour is mostly jack kate and charlie yeah they're like the only ones we sort of get to know um and then the second hour obviously saeed Sawyer, Shannon and Boone, um, we get to know a lot better and get more of a sense of them. And we find out about, you know, you all, everybody. Yeah. In the commentary, uh, Damon says that uh, Driveshaft wasn't supposed to be the... It wasn't uh, the name. No, it was... uh, They couldn't clear it. It was the uh, petting zoo. Yeah. Yeah, it was the petting zoo. And and it's interesting because they, they mention that um, they couldn't clear the name, but they don't mention that the you all everybody thing came from Alias. Nobody mentions that in the commentary. And the funny thing is, the people on the commentary are two people that were, I believe, involved with Alias because wasn't Ryan Burke on Alias or, or yep. was lost his first thing? No, he was on Alias too for, for some of it. So it's very interesting to me that, that the, the you all everybody thing According to them, came from Lost, but it didn't come from Lost. It came from Alias. So I'm so, so I'm wondering: Did they subconsciously forget that that little Easter egg was in Alias, or? or... I think that they put that Easter egg in Alias after Lost. So I think that that was in the season of Alias that aired the same time as this season of Lost. Okay, but it was like an episode that was halfway through. So you all, everybody had kind of already caught on as like a internet's favorite joke. The other thing that I love about this episode is that everybody keeps forgetting that Charlie is there. When Jack, Kate and Charlie go up and try to find the fuselage, Charlie keeps saying to Kate, I'm Charlie, by the way, right? Because Mm -hmm. from moment one, we see that Kate is enamored with Jack right? Yeah. She's, she's, she's like obsessed with Jack and she just keeps forgetting where Charlie is. It's ridiculous. If you have Matthew Fox and this other hobbit, like I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not surprised that Evangeline's more taken with Jack. You know, um, you know, you know what I mean? And if you're on a deserted Island and you're like, uh, this might be my future. I don't know when we're getting rescued. If you got to call dibs on somebody, it ain't going to be Charlie. This first episode of lost really was a treasure trove of memories for me. The one thing I learned from watching Lost, the, the giant mystery box that Lost presents at, for, for six seasons and all the answers, they're not really important. I mean, some of them are. So obviously some of them are. But the more important thing is, what was your experience with these characters? If you enjoyed the journey, the answers don't matter. I understand both sides of it because... After this first season, I did become part of the, like, cult of loss. Logging on after every episode to different message boards, talking about all of the clues. Um, And the fact of the matter is that early on, a lot of this mystery box stuff was just for fun. 
and it was mostly about the characters. But as the show got more popular and went on, and they started adding different layers to the mystery and different symbolism to all of it, it felt like they were they were making it almost as important as the character stuff. So then when the show ends and they say, no guys, it was the character stuff all along. You guys created this emphasis on the mystery box and the mysteries of Jacob and all this stuff. Um, We didn't intend that. You guys leaned into it so heavy in the last couple of seasons that they couldn't have been surprised at the backlash when they decided to go character only rather than answering the mysteries. So I never, there are people who are like, Oh, don't ever watch lost. Like the ending is shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, the journey of lost is incredible. Even if you don't like the ending because you got too invested in the mystery, the character moments in the finale are amazing. Um, The characters journeys from start to finish are so well thought out that that stuff still makes it one of the greatest TV shows of all time. When you hear interviews where people are like, we didn't intend for people to get so caught up in the mysteries and have it overwhelm the characters. But if that's true, then why did you lean so heavy into it in your final three seasons where it felt like you were building to something that you then unintentionally didn't realize you didn't have the payoff? Do you think that they did that because they started listening to their fans a little bit too much and they started drinking their own Kool-Aid? Kind of. And I think part of the the problem, too, is that whatever plans they had, if they were to log onto those message boards, everyone came up with a theory. And some of the theories were right. And I think that because they thought we can't go with these theories that are now the most popular theories on the Internet because people will think we just you know, read the internet and decided to go with that. Even if that was the original plan, they kept having to recalibrate because of the public response. And I think that was the wrong thing. It would have been one of those things where they should have just picked what it was going to be and kind of put themselves in a vacuum and just done it rather than, you know, because it was such a pop culture phenomenon, it was impossible not to get caught up in that wave of, Oh my God, everybody's talking and everybody thinks this is what, what the mysteries are all about. The mystery of the island, the entire mystery box, the whole thing doesn't mean shit. The point of the show is, did you like the journey that the writer set up for you? Did you have fun watching these people go through these trials and tribulations on this island that is God knows where, right? Did you like that? And, you know, and I said, I love that. This show taught me so much about storytelling without it, without without me even being aware of it. It's it's crazy how much it taught me. Lost is so special to me, not only because of the story that it told, but because of what it meant to me on a personal level. So uh, with that being said, Matt, do you have any like favorite moments of the pilot? Uh, my favorite moments are the, the opening for sure is, is the strongest for me. Like that opening 10 minute sequence is absolutely amazing. Um, I do like that Locke and Walt moment I thought was, was really well executed. And then of course, when, uh, they find the recording 
And when Saeed does the math and he's like 16 years, it's like, whoa. Uh, so those are like the key moments. Um, other than, you know, I already mentioned the the Evangeline counting to five in the rain being like the emotional heart of that first bit. And um, I just remember, you know, wondering what was going on on this island. Was it dinosaurs? Why was there a polar bear? <laughs> and getting and getting hooked on that. And I am so grateful that Lost, you know, there are lots of people who get shortchanged in this pilot who end up becoming some of my favorite characters ever. Um, you know, like Jin and Sun are hardly in this thing and certainly not as engaging as they would become. And I love Yunjin Kim and Daniel Day Kim, um, two of my favorites. And, uh, and just so many good people. And this is just the, the start of getting to know these characters again. So I'm really excited to watch the rest again, knowing what, what I know about where it's going um, doesn't deter me at all because the, the journey is well worth it. If you had to grade this pilot of lost, what would you give it? I'd give it an A. I would give it an A plus. If you guys want to reach out to us, uh, the best place to reach us is on Twitter by using the hashtag, Radio 815, uh, whatever comments we get, whether they be good ones or bad ones, we will read on the air. And if you give us a bad one, I'll read that one on the air because Matt will just mute you. But with all that being said and out of the way, Matt, if the good folks want to reach you and talk to you about Lost. The best place is on Twitter at Matt Crandall. <laughs> if you guys want to reach me, uh, you can also reach me on Twitter. I'm at CreekFanatic88. But until next week. As always, for my co-host Matt Crandall, I am Marcelo Nesosa saying we'll talk back soon.